Welcome, friend. Thank you for coming to check out my podcast. I also know that if you were here for the last episode, that you really didn't come back to see me. You came back to find out if you could hear more from Dr. Ella. Well, she is here. And friends, if you're new, welcome. We're having a fascinating, enlightening discussion on Alzheimer's, dementia. We're talking about aging. And if we're blessed to live, we're all headed in that direction and we want to do it well. Welcome to Life and Faith Chats. I am your host. My name is Joy. We have a distinguished physician who's here. It's her life practice, it's her passion, and she's helping us and she's answering our questions. Welcome, Dr. Ella. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Dr. Ella, I'm about to jump right back in where we started, <laughs> where we ended. Okay. I was asking you, I guess I was asking you for a miracle cure because a lot of times it's difficult to do the hard work, like the exercise, the good diet. You were telling us about slowing down. But if we notice symptoms that are cognitive and friends, if you want to know what I'm talking about, you have to listen to episode one of this chat. If we notice symptoms that are cognitive and a little bit more than the normal forgetfulness, what should we do? What are we, what's, what's next steps? And I'm talking about for loved ones or even ourselves. Yeah. So that's a great question. And so if you start to notice uh, things like, you know, um, we talked earlier about forgetfulness, especially forgetfulness that is starting to impact, you know, day-to-day functions. So what do I mean by that? So people are starting to forget that they have an appointment, you know, even if they've written it down, they've put a time, they've set a time to remind them and they still can't remember that. They're starting to have trouble with their medications, you know, they, they forget that they they even have pills sometimes, or you know, and so they're not taking their medications. Um, and because of their memory changes, they start to have difficulty with even their self-care. They have difficulties with um, their finances. You know, we always talk about medications, finances, uh, cooking, as sort of those high-order brain functions. Um, it's sort of your executive function. It leads a lot of planning and organizing. And so when you have memory difficulties that is impacting your ability to plan your day, organize your day. So those are some of the things that loved ones will see. Or people can't recognize familiar people. So you're starting to have difficulty with, you know, even recognizing family members you probably haven't seen for a while, but you could still have recognized them uh, uh, a year or two ago. But now you're starting to have trouble recognizing people, recognizing where you are or going to familiar places. So a mall, you're used to going to this mall or to this grocery store and you are in there, but you can't you can't find your way around it because you just feel lost. So when you start to have those symptoms or people start to observe them, Um, I recommend that you see your family doctor. I mean, that should be the first step. In Canada, that would be the first step is see your family doctor. And I'm sure it's the same in the States where, you know, if you have a family doctor is to see them and they will do a a memory test. And um, the memory test will show if indeed uh, the symptoms that you are having uh, might indicate uh, 
a cognitive impairment and if there is impact on your day-to-day function, so managing your medications, your finances, your planning your day and organizing, uh, then your family doctor will start to have conversations about the fact that, yeah, these symptoms indicate um, the uh, early stages of uh, uh, a dementia. So uh, again, it's, you know, if you're having those symptoms, you know, see your family doctor. Um, your family doctor sometimes might refer you to a specialist uh, in Canada. That specialist could be a care of the elderly physician, a geriatrician. The same in the uh, U.S. too, you could be referred. Um, and a lot of times is to help with sort of diagnostic uh, formulation. I always talk about the worried uh, well. So those are people, so you were referring joy to normal aging. Uh, and I do, I, I have seen a lot of those uh, people as well. And so... Uh, we do the memory test and they score fine. They do really well. And it's, again, it's, you know, we're doing too many things. Our lives are busy. Um, we talk about the sandwich generation. You're looking after your aging parents. You're looking after your older kids or your grandchildren. So many things happening in your life and you become more forgetful because there are too many competing things. And so we have people like that who are referred for an assessment and they they score well on their memory test. And so the advice we give is slow down, (laughs) slow down, uh, try to uh, reduce the number of activities you're doing at the same time, minimize the multitasking, start to have a more organized approach to your life. Maybe keep those keys in the same place, keep your purse in the same place, get a little bit organized with where you keep uh, things, pay attention Uh, when you're engaged in any activity um, at all. Um, And, and, you know, if you're not doing all the, you know, things I talked about in the first session, the exercise, then this is the time to get, you know, yourself into some sort of an exercise uh, program. Uh, If you are not doing any mental activity, you know, some people have retired. And, you know, I hear people say, as soon as I retired, I lost my brain. (laughs) I've had people tell me that. And that's, again, because, you know, remember the when you're working, you're so organized, you wake up in the morning, you know you have to get to work, you have your breakfast, you go to work, you have your day plan. You know, all that keeps you, you know, your, you know the time of the day, you know the date, the month, you, you keep an agenda. So you're so well organized. And when people retire, suddenly they lose all those skills and, and they start to feel like, yikes, what's happening to my memory? And so get engaged in something, you know, volunteer, do something, keep yourself busy, meet people, talk to people. And you would find that you're firing up those brain cells. And, you know, like my worried well uh, patients tend to get better and actually start functioning well. Just get back into some sort of activity. Get back into activity. Okay. You have a family member who has dementia. They have it. What are ways that you can help them as they are going through this process? That's a good question. So I just finished talking about if it's you and you're worried about your memory, you see your doctor, you get assessed. And, you know, a lot of times it's probably, you're probably normal. It's just, you know, like I said, normal aging or just, you know, very busy and not paying attention. And then you have the other um, end where actually the person does have a dementia and doesn't know they have dementia. And, and that's, that's the challenge is because 
um, the person thinks they're fine. Well, everything is fine. Well, no, you're not fine. <laughs> you're forgetting. You're not taking your pills. Uh, well, mom, well, dad, you didn't take your medications. You know, you can see your medications were filled in December and you still have full vials. And yet the person with dementia is arguing. That is, that's very difficult. And it's very difficult for family members because how do you help somebody who doesn't know they have a problem? It's very challenging. And so getting them to have an assessment can be your first challenge. And um, it's being creative. Well, you know, mom, dad, you know, you're not, or your spouse, it might be your spouse. Uh, maybe we just need to see the doctor to just check you out. You haven't seen your doctor for a while. Check your, you know, your mental health, check your uh, memory. Um, and that's how sometimes as the caregiver, you're able to get, or as a family member, you're able to get the person with dementia to the doctor. And then they get an assessment and they have dementia. And so the next challenge is how you support the person with dementia with their day-to-day -day function. Because remember, they don't know they have dementia. They don't think they have dementia and they don't believe they have dementia. And so here you are as a family member, knowing that your loved one has dementia, the doctor has confirmed it. How do you support them? And this is where two things have to happen. And one, you have to look at the person with dementia as still your loved one. This is still your spouse, your husband, your wife, your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, whatever the relationship, this is still the same person. What has changed is the disease, dementia. And so the disease is what is the difference now. And so you are dealing with somebody who has lost the cognitive ability to be able to process the information that you're providing and be able to act on that information. And so things like trying to help with the medications, and sometimes you have to be creative about that. And so, oh yes, mom, I know you can take your pills. I'm just gonna help you so that we don't have any, um, any incidences where you either take the wrong pill or you don't take it or you take too much of it. Oh, mom, we have a creative way. The doctor said we should blister pack. So in Canada, we call it blister pack. So we will put it in a special packaging so that the family member can assist with um, monitoring the medication. So we always use terms monitoring, support. Because at the end of the day, the person with dementia still has that autonomy. They still want to feel like they're in control. And so we as the family members have to help them feel like they're still in control. And the way we do that is being very sensitive about the supports we provide and how we provide it. It can be challenging, but you do, as a family member, have to support your loved one. You do have to provide that support. Otherwise, they'll get sick. Their medical conditions will not be well treated if they don't take their medication. So, yes, you have to support that. But you have to do that empathically with a lot of sensitivity, recognizing their autonomy, and also recognizing that your loved one is still your loved one, is just you are now dealing with the challenge of dementia. And so helping with the medications, helping with the finances. If you haven't got your legal documents in place, so in Canada, we have things like personal directives, powers of attorney that help family members to assist with finances. So usually in the early stages of de dementia, we will encourage that the person de with dementia 
creates this document so that if needed, uh, they can be enacted so that the family member can start to support with financial management. Because what you don't want, and, and I've seen this a lot in my practice, and it's very sad, is that as people get dementia, they get um, they get they get into trouble with you know uh, very bad people who cheat them out of their money, and so you could have fraud happen. Uh, I've seen people. Oh my God, you know somebody lost over twenty thousand uh, dollars because he uh, was in a situation where he was the uh, subject of a, a fraudulent uh, activity, uh, or people who have lost their uh, home because they haven't been able to pay the mortgage because they can't remember. So family members really have to step up. And you do that empathically and, and sensitively um, support with the finances and even the cooking, the meals. I've seen people with dementia who have stopped eating, not because they don't have an appetite, but because they've forgotten that they should eat or they're not buying the food and they, they can't prepare the food. And so as family members, there are lots of things we need to do to support. The way I explain it to my uh, patients and family is that your loved one has changes in their memory that is impacting the way they function on a daily basis. And so as family members, you are that um, safety net. So you provide the support that will make your loved one function independently in their home. And so that's the role of the family member is taking on all those supports. And even when you do it, it's still doing it in a way that the person with dementia still feels like they are in control and still feel like they are their own um, person and their own individual. The reason why that's important and why I'm stressing on it is otherwise you'll get the behaviors. A lot of it is where they will push back and they might come, become agitated and aggressive. And they're doing that because they can sense that you're starting to take over. And so they will push back. And if all of us think about ourselves, if people start to do things for us, we will push back. If somebody tries to help you have a bath, you will push back. But if somebody explains why they're trying to help you have a bath or help you take your pills, you're more likely to cooperate and collaborate. And so that's one of the tips I give family members is, even if you're supporting the person with dementia, do it with a lot of sensitivity and do it in a way that the individual still feels that they have some control and they are participating in their care. That was amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I went too long, but no, no, no. it's really key. For not long, you were passionate yeah, about it. <laughs> but also, it, it was very personal to me. What, what you said about treating them, recognizing that they still want and are fighting for their autonomy and treating them with empathy and sensitive, because it's easy to look at the symptoms and the disease and forget that that person is locked in it. Um, believe me, I know. So no, that, 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 that was amazing. That was amazing. We, we could just end on that. that thank, thank you. Thank you. That was incredible. Yeah. I, I need to end um, only because of time segments. Um, this whole thing is interesting. Um, please, we're going to go straight into friends. If you're listening, I'm asking Dr. Ella to please stay with us for just another episode where we talk specifically about burnout of caregivers, just talking about how you can maintain yourself. 
Friends, thank you for coming back. Thank you for being supportive. Thank you for being encouraging in your comments. I know this has blessed you. And if it hasn't applied to you yet, believe me, at some point, there's going to be someone who needs this information. Bring a friend back. Share this because it's good. And again, God gives us truth so that we have it to live the purpose that he designed for our lives. Thank you for joining me on Life and Faith Chats. Come back. There is a part three. Peace.